passion flow. This is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this latest episode of the Unbillable Hours podcast which I know is late. We're dropping this on a Tuesday instead of a Friday as per usual. And our excuse for that is none because it's our podcast, so we can publish stuff whenever. Just kidding. We, we had a bit of a busy Friday last week, so we didn't get around to drop this second part of our conversation with Mark Rainwright about systematizing sales. Promised you this second part, and we said he'd jump right into the question of CRM, customer relationship management systems and software, and which ones to use if you're running a consulting business. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here it is. So do you guys want to poke and prod a little bit about CRM systems? It's, you know, everybody in the planet, it's one of those things, everybody in the planet has an opinion about CRM systems. And, you know, Flo, you said that you, you, you use a, a system and I've used a whole bunch of them. And because yeah. I know that's, this is the payoff for everybody. They're like, oh my gosh, we waited forever in this podcast. Now we're going to great. Now they're going to yeah, tell which us exactly. Should we buy? They're going to tell us the best CRM system to go tell buy. Us, this Mark. is going to be great. They've yeah. been whole, they've been saying, talking about business processes and all this other stuff. Now we're going to mm. tell them about CRM system. This is great. And we might not. <laughs> yeah no i i like we discussed this before right you you sent me a list of uh, systems we wanted to talk about i was like oh my god there's like 50 names i don't even know yeah. so maybe instead of discussing individual platforms could you i i, I really like your framing there of it's a business process first and software second and then maybe yeah. do you have a few pointers for firms as they maybe pick software or, or maybe you can share even some insight like what's the, what are the typical systems like if i'm a marketer and you know, I hear Ash and Flow tell tell me all the time I should familiarize myself with the CRM. Well, which one do do I learn, right? Which what's a good thing to do for for a career? I often like you know, with the big names always being Salesforce, yeah. uh, HubSpot. I don't know. I hear mean jokes being made about Microsoft products. <laughs> what's what's <laughs> what's your take on the landscape? Are there clear winners in the professional right. services space? Maybe that's my first question. Right. Good. Good question. Uh, yeah, you did mention a handful of them, and you know, and and we've we've talked about this in the past, and you know, one of the aha moments that you come across when you've dealt with so many CRM systems. I've been using CRM systems of some type for over fifteen years or so. You know, dating back to sort of the Microsoft Contact Manager days, which was their early sort of you know invention, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 It was right. Yeah. It wasn't. You know, it was probably on my Palm Pilot or something like that. So it was, nice. you know, this forever ago stuff to now I work with various systems across all my my clients and uh you know I worked with uh, Salesforce for years and and one of the aha moments one of the funny things that we always that I always mention and we, we talk about is that if you think about it you know what was the genesis of Salesforce right I think the genesis of Salesforce Salesforce was created to sell Salesforce right so right so so that's sort of that's and, and if people start to start to understand that it's like Salesforce does a really fabulous job of selling a relatively low dollar, high volume SaaS product, right? Subscriptions and, essentially, yeah. Yeah, okay, subscription, yeah. right. Yeah, right that's gotcha. it. Yeah. And and if you look at CRM after CRM and you're trying to find one that fits your professional services business, you start to understand pretty quickly that wow, this product that they're trying to sell to me is really designed to sell a low dollar software SaaS product at high volume. 
And it just doesn't fit professional services because professional services are, again, you know, low volume, low quantity, high dollar, complex. And yeah. the tools are just not built that way. You know, it's like your revenue engine in professional services, you know, your pipeline cranks out, a, you know, a $100,000 or a half a million dollar, a $50,000, you know, project, you know, project closed every whatever, every week, every month, you know, yeah. whatever it is, chunk junk right that's it you know uh, you know low dollar high quantity you know SaaS products are you know thousand closes a day or you know whatever it is right it's just and they're all 1995 a month yeah. boom, 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 boom. it's just going seat 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 selling seats so it's they're radically different and it is really hard to find a wonderful crm product that fits your business process and your business needs from a professional services standpoint because you're not an ideal client mm -hmm. Professional <clears throat> services firms are not ideal clients for CRM systems because they don't have an army of full-time salespeople. They don't have this high volume, low dollar sort of, you know, just just yeah. crunching deals through situation. They have a lot of contacts and not a lot of opportunities. Projects come and go. Um, so it is it is hard. And I mean, if, you, not if you're impossible. a if you're a boutique, sorry for interrupting, what might be yeah. the case that there is because you mentioned the thousands of closes, right? If you're a boutique, might be you you don't even have any more at 10, 12 clients right. Right. at any given time and you're doing just fine, right? That's why I like your spreadsheet so much is I, I might not even need a ginormous database right. to keep the overview over all my project because there's not that many depending on how, how my business is structured. Yeah. Right? But yeah. 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 And, and yeah. to, to, to get to, cause you asked the question is what are some of the things that are super important in a, in any sort of, even a spreadsheet, you know, yeah. you could use yeah. a CRM system, a spreadsheet, whatever. The, one of the most important things to integrate into that is that sales stages things and also sort of activities associated with different sales stages. Cause yeah. at any moment you can have a handful of deals in your sales pipeline and you have to know at at all at any moment in the day you have to know what did i just do and what do i need to do next and when right so it's this it's this activity this tight activity focus that frankly most crm systems don't do a very good job of is what have i done what do i need to do next when do i need to do it and oh by the way since i'm not sitting in my crm system staring at it all day long because i'm in outlook and i'm in this other stuff because i'm in professional services and i don't deal with CRM yeah interesting long. that's true i need yeah. a little reminder yeah i need you to tell me this i need you to remind me on tuesday i need to do this thing and in order to keep the deal moving i need to send a note make a call whatever it is and most crm systems don't do a very good job of just saying hey yeah you're right call bill on tuesday call bill on tuesday because um, they're built they're built to live in that right the sales the professional sales people who do nothing else they live in those things they turn on the computer fire up the sales force that's yep, everything they need day. right Whereas the okay. consultant has yeah. to toggle tabs from PowerPoint or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, this never is, thought about um, that. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, but this is so interesting because of the fact that um, I'm fully aware how many times people who've run events or people who've run basically a sales engagement forget to put things into the entire, you know, into the CRM. And they also have really data. Most a lot of places also have data issues on top of that. So ultimately, it's really hard for them to track the entire deal. And you're like, well, we won that deal, but we don't really know what we did here to get to that point. Right. Yeah. Because because the the people who are you know at those touch points literally did not track anything they did. Right. And looking at like professional services firms because this huge turnover these people probably wouldn't be there in the company but and they need to like references again yeah. 
Yeah. I like to say the fundamental reasons of, ha of having any process is to get better at yeah. it over time. Right. That yeah, is why we sure. have processes. Yeah. It's not necessary. Yeah. It helps to let us know what to do next in the moment. But most yeah. importantly, it lets us improve over time. Right. That's what yeah. processes are all about. They are fundamentally put in place to run, test, and improve. Right. That's what a process is all about. And if you aren't following the processes that are in place, or at least testing and experimenting and practicing with them, then you're not contributing to that that process improvement part. And you know. When you look at at sort of the department of, and I referenced this, it's so funny this comes up. I referenced this in a, in another podcast that I that I was was on. You know, the Department of Defense created this way decades ago to to assess their various processes, and it has to do with maturity models. And you know, it's at one end, it's sort of emerging. Everything's ad hoc. There aren't really any processes in place. Next step is there we have some processes, and some people are following them. You know, next is like we have processes, people are following them, you know, and further steps are we have processes there are being followed and they're being improved, right? That is a critical step in the maturity of any business processes that you are improving your processes. So if you're not following them or at least testing them to see if they work or not, and then seeing how you might change them, you're not improving. And organizations that are mature to the level where they are operating at a at a process improvement level, you know, like lean six sigma, that yeah. kind of stuff are, mm -hmm. are hitting it out of the park. They're the ones that are making, you know, $500,000 per, you know, of annual revenue per employee. You know, they are those, those organizations that are running incredibly high profit margins that are focused on ultimate client value, not sort of inputs and work to be done. You know, they are the high flyers and nice. they are ones that, that just are, are just leading the, leading the charge. So it all has to do with that, not just having a process, but using it enough to get better at it. But can I, so take notes, people, no, no more excuses, right? Yeah. Because that, that's also the vicious <laughs> circle of excuses, right? Oh, the data is crappy. So I'm not putting my stuff into the CRM anyways, because no one uses it because the data is crappy. Yeah, no surprise, sir. Anyways, the, you, you were just saying, uh, you know, not, not all the CRMs do a decent job at being, being yeah. professional services friendly but do you and you can name names on this podcast i don't care mm. do you have do you have recommendations do you want to give them or is like sure yeah what should they use sure. yeah right let's get to it what should they use well you know uh and, and I'll, I'll i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna caveat that just a little bit right and it sure. a lot of crm systems depend on the existing technology systems that are in your organization right it is it is naive mm -hmm. to think that you can take any any crm system and just drop it into your organization and have it integrate well with everything else you're doing so that is a huge deal because if we're talking about professional services, if we're talking about firms that don't necessarily have many or any full-time salespeople who aren't who don't have a, a 24 seven, you know, kind of high flying, you know, dedicated sales, sales practice, and they aren't in their CRM system all day long, they have to have something that integrates into their other systems. Right. Yeah. So for, for organizations that are, that are, you know, in, entwined very, very deeply with, with Microsoft dynamics is, is is helpful dynamics generally needs a good bit of customization and it's also very expensive and one of the things about dynamics is and salesforce and some of those more expensive crm systems is that they need to be administered meaning that you need to have a, a technical you know an yeah. internal and an external technical resources in order to administer those so you have to have the resources not just to pay your seats and you know all that stuff but you have to have someone who could administer that so that's a that's a big deal in the past, I have used Zoho, 
um, HubSpot's, you know, HubSpot's kind of an interesting one. You know, Hub, HubSpot's Genesis, you know, they kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, they sort of invented this whole sort of, you know, inbound sort of concept of marketing, right? It's like, we're going to be a, yeah. mm -hmm. we're going to be a content yeah. engine and people that's going to generate leads, inbound leads, right? We're, and they, they really <clears throat> grabbed that. So they created a tool to be able to receive, create content, push it out, receive those leads and their CRM system works okay, but you can clearly see if you spend any time with HubSpot, their CRM system is sort of duct taped on the side of their marketing yeah. engine, right? <laughs> yeah. um, which is, which, which is, is, is fine. Um, I was yeah. going to say it's, it, I find it covers, it can cover quite a lot of, mm. uh, not super sophisticated use case. Let's, let's put it that way. Right. right? For, which, for which actually shops, is okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's okay. I think we get into trouble if things get more sophisticated. I've used Insightly. I haven't used it for some time. I currently use Nimble and I use Nimble because it has a couple really killer functions. And um, first of all, it's not very expensive. So it's 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 affordable for most, most smaller organizations. And it has a keep in touch functionality. And I'm going to define that. A keep in touch functionality. And even the high flyers don't have this. Salesforce Dynamics, they do not have it. A keep in touch functionality is if you have, you know, 500 contacts in your CRM system, you can, you can, you know, tag 50 of those individuals in there as these are people that are important to me and I want to keep in touch with them. You then take those individuals and assign a particular contact cadence with all of those individuals, I need to stay in touch with this person every 90 days, this person 180 days, this person's fine. I, I can, every year is sufficient for me to just sort of oh, nice. make sure I'm connected yeah. to them. And then it constantly yeah. provides these reminders to you. It's like, hey, you're three months overdue and staying in touch with so-and-so. Hey, you're three weeks uh, past the time where you wanted to stay in touch with Bob. And it does this in the year. They are, they are these nice little persistent reminders. They're not date-based. You can put a reminder on your calendar on, you know, like uh, June 15th to contact so-and-so. But I'll yeah. tell you what, if June 15th comes and goes and that reminder isn't persistent, you forget. So it has a very specific functionality where it says it's a persistent reminder that says you still have not contacted Bob. It's like an overdue uh, thing. Right. In my, it's a little overdue thing. It's a little overdue thing. And very few systems have this in place, but it's super helpful for for kind of the fundamental reason, and Ash, I think we've, sorry, uh, Flo, I think we've, we've talked about this. Ash is like, we didn't talk about it. Um, Flo, we've talked about this. Is like the fundamental function of CRM systems is customer relationships. That's yeah. it, right? We've lost track of it. We just like CRM is just like this tool. It's like, no, customer relationships. And this keep in touch functionality is killer because it enables you to actually maintain those customer relationships. You know, a lot of times I'll you know, be working with my clients and I'll say, hey, you've got a good list of contacts here. You should go reach out to so-and-so. It's like, oh, I would, it would feel awkward because I haven't been in touch with them for three years. That's so true. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why? If they're an important contact, why have you not been in yeah. touch with them for three years? It's like, oh, I was busy. I was doing stuff. I can't believe it's been three years. And, and it's like, well, yeah. I need some help. And, and, and to ask to your earlier point, I mean, if, if you were to have some discipline around that stuff, and I personally try to, but I'm not great at it um that aside um if you were to do that more regularly the data quality issues you might still have they probably become less and less i mean there's other technologies nowadays enrichment tools you can look at linkedin blah, blah, to keep track of people but one of the issues some of my clients still have is 
they have these email addresses and then you do you send something out and half of them come back because it turns out that people that person has left like the business email address and stuff is no longer valid, right? They changed job mm-hmm. to two times in those three years you just mentioned where there was no contact. So yeah, both the relationship gets stronger and the data the data quality should trend upwards over time, which that I also like yeah. that idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's and I'll I'll add this note when we're talking about CRM systems and you know, there's a bunch of other names that, you know, I've tried a ton, you know, I've tested, you know, for either, you know, probably months sort of thing, pipe drive and prosper prosperworks and some of these may have been acquired ever since, you know, it's they all kind of yeah. change names and they're going keep, close, sugar, pipeline deals, you know, there's a whole bunch of them out there and there's just so there's so many. Um but uh, what's fundamentally important, there's two things I'll say. This fundamentally important is that you need to have business processes in place. Because CRM is a business process first and a technology software tool second. You know, I would love for firms to have cre- created business processes, things they're doing, a series of activities, information they're gathering, data, that they have this process in place and they're doing these activities. And all of the people who are involved in sales are pulling their hair out saying, we need a tool, we desperately need a tool to help us organize these efforts and to organize our opportunities. And we're freaking out and just, we need a tool. And you say, oh, great, there's CRM. You know, and they say, oh, and it's wonderful and it works great. So now they have a business process that drives a tool adoption. (laughs) But it's what happens, the other thing happens is like, you know, somebody who has a wild hair goes out and buys a tool and drops a license on top of everybody in the firm and says, here, go use it. And there's no urgency. There's no, they haven't, don't have a business process. They don't have a practice of, you know, outbound outreach, um, staying in touch, you know, running opportunities through a a rigorous pipeline. And to your uh, to your earlier point, definitions, yeah. right? I mean, I, I I'm I'm on HubSpot. I can say this. So you open up HubSpot for the first time. There is deal stages in there. Yeah, they're just there. So, but the tool doesn't tell you, or maybe it doesn't. I haven't read the documentation. <laughs> Thinking about it, that could be true. But but you should you should ha- even if there is documentation, you should have your own definitions to be very clear about it, right? Mm, I think that yeah. was the first point you made. And I come across yeah. this. As, as a layperson who works around CRMs, but I come across that part so often, either there is no definitions or sort of going back to the entire point of this discussion, there is, there is, but, um, and I've, I've worked in marketing agencies where this was the case. People had beautifully designed, sophisticated sales processes, even with like to your earlier point with helpers for the different stages and it and it was rotting in some powerpoint somewhere in sharepoint and no one who was running the business <laughs> used right. it and you could clearly tell in the winning streaks of the teams who were the few people who were doing it for lack of a better word by the book because they were they had a win rate that was like twice as good as everybody else's mm. and if you went, worked in and were like hey the last pitch you did how did you do it and they sort of cooked up their own stuff and it wasn't working so that was a right. short rant but i think that yeah, yeah, that's yeah. also yeah. very important right besides that flow i just I I just want to add because I was involved in like purchasing enterprise software in place. One of the things that you have to look into before you purchase is make sure that there is an education component because Mm. if they don't have a team that teaches you, you're going to be in the same situation where you are. I mean, I understand when it's a single user license, but when it's like a large company, you you better have that education element. But, but to, to Mark's earlier point, I think where that breaks down and, and, uh, is that yeah? These guys are used to I don't know the, the software is used to sell subscriptions, right? And and I don't maybe to just give people one practical example like all these these the the, the, the stage buckets and stuff. You can use these to drive 
projection reports out of a CRM, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And if, if yeah. the CRM is built to sell a subscription license and there's a fixed price per seat plus minus maybe a discount, right? You get a reliable pipeline prediction out of there pretty quickly. Yeah. Now, with a consulting deal to your early example, Mark, where the overall opportunity maybe is a quarter million dollars, but in negotiation, which keep in mind, that's very late in the stages, right? We decide on just settle for the 50 out of those 251st, right? Suddenly all the numbers, like there's, there's, there's nuances to these types of yeah. things, which you will probably not hear during the typical CRM onboarding process because these people are not or not, maybe not as well. Maybe some of them are. I should be mm, fair here. Yeah. But but I've sat through a few of them where it was clear that they have a playbook that's not, to Mark's point, tailored to the professional services world and the intricacies there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. Good point. And and I, I mentioned I was going to say a, a, a couple of things with the the and it might be a couple more. <laughs> um, uh, one of the important uh, elements of adoption has to do with um, making the use of a CRM system, a compulsory part of a sales process, not that you're twisting someone's arm to use it, but you're, 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 you're creating an element, a step, a particular thing that is done in your business's sales process that needs to be driven by the tool. You know, whether it's, you know, your qualifications are your qualification questions for that conversation are baked into your CRM system. So you have to turn to the CRM system and complete the form, you know, with the qualification questions and getting their notes and responses and everything else, or, you know, whatever else it is um, that helps adoption. Not again, not in an arm twisting way, but creating an element of your sales process that is baked into your CRM system yeah. that makes using the CRM system compulsory that that speeds adoption because the reality is most professional services firms can close a deal without ever touching a CRM system. Yeah. Like they just don't have to use it. There's no compulsory part of it that makes their sales process less than someone else who is using the CRM system. So you have to figure out what that is and bake part of your sales process into it. The other note I, I wanted that. to say, and this deviates a little bit from CRM systems is that there's this interesting genre of apps that's emerging called PRM, uh, personal relationship management. And a lot of these, it's interesting, you've seen it, you're, you're seeing it throughout the pandemic and other things like that is that, um, and a lot of them are sort of personal, um, um, sort of relationship based sort of stuff, just like friends losing track of friends. And one of them's a coder and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make an app that sits on my phone that's going to remind me that it's been six months since I've talked to my good friend, Bill, right? So that whole genre of, of apps is starting to emerge right now. And one of the interesting things is, is for a business user, it's a little tricky because a lot of them just live on your phone and they aren't tied into sort of like systems and larger business um, mm. systems. I think they will at some point. I think it's going to integrate and be really sweet. But one of the cool things about having a PRM, a personal relationship management system built on your phone is that it records when you email them, when you call them and when you text them. So it's so cool. You know, you could say, oh my gosh, it's been, you know, you know, three months since I've talked to Bill, here's my little reminder to talk to Bill. I sent Bill a text, boom, you know, there was my interaction. So it's an interesting thing. And again, it's a lot of these are driven from the pandemic where people have lost touch of each other and they're starting to emerge. There's a few out there. There's one called Dex, there's Levitate, there's Nat app. Um, there's Monica, I think is actually kind of an open source solution. There's a hand, and if you search, you can find them. So they're yeah. really compelling, and they start to bridge this CRM business thing and this PRM personal thing 
and they're interesting tools and I, they're, they're worth, if you have, you know, if there are individuals in your audience that say, look, I'm just having a really hard time keeping track of important people in my life, business or otherwise, these are really compelling tools. Interesting. Yeah. I think that was, man, that was uh, 60 minutes almost worth of lots of great insight <laughs> yeah. and I could, and I could go on, but I think we gotta, we gotta wrap, wrap yeah. this wrap here. This Perfect. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Mark. That was great overview over how you get from thinking about a business process that's essentially made up of conversations, right. And yeah. relationships into at the end sort of, yeah, tooling that right. Using, using software. I, I think that's, that will be quite helpful for people. And I also think that that's not everything to know about sales process and CRM, but it's a it's a that would be maybe a good start, right? Eighty twenty rule that that should get get you quite a quite a long way. So yeah. I'll say thank you for that brilliant stuff. The last question we then always have at this point in time is where, where should we send people to if they want to hear or read more, more from you and you. or yeah. you know sort of build upon what we've just heard and really get into the weeds of all these things, right? <clears throat> I hopefully have an informative website at wainwrightinsight.com. I am a, a, a frequent flyer, I guess, on on LinkedIn. So I use that channel. That's an important channel for me and, and hopefully my audience. So um, either of those are great channels to get in touch with me. I've um, recorded a, a number of podcasts, including your uh, great show. I, I appreciate all of you, the work you guys are doing. I appreciate you inviting me to join you. This has been a, a great conversation. So... Um, yeah, I'm happy to, to chat with any and all, and this has been a great conversation. Nice. So thank you for joining us, Mark and Flo, any last words? No, I'm going to, I'm going to stop the recording here and I say, have a nice Friday and then weekend eventually, or for the people who download this on Monday, which according to my stats is quite a chunk of you have a nice start into the week. I don't know. There we go. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. 